Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. I think we would all agree that relationships can only remain healthy and grow with communication. Prayer is our sincere heart communication with God. Here's a question. Do you want to improve your prayer life? In the book of Luke, chapter 11, verse 1, we find this. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And as I mentioned on the last podcast, disciples of a rabbi would often ask them to write a prayer that they could recite. In this case, the followers of Jesus observed his prayer life. And as they observed his prayer life, the, the authenticity of it, they asked him to teach them to pray. And so we come now asking the Lord Jesus to teach us to pray to help us to grow in our communication with Him. On the last podcast, we took a look at some of Jesus' prayer life. And as you go through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the New Testament, you'll find a number of those uh, times, those incidences recorded. As a matter of fact, as you look at them, you'll see that Jesus' prayer life was extensive. And again, I refer you to the previous podcast. If you haven't listened to Podcast 97, go back and listen to it. But some of the last recorded prayers of Jesus are these. In Mark chapter 15, verse 34, as Jesus hung on the cross, he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? That was one of his prayers on the cross, and it referred to the fact that God in that moment, as he was punishing our sins, the sins that Jesus was willing to take punishment for, even though he had sinned, not sinned at all, he cried out, Father, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, we have another prayer Recorded as Jesus hung on the cross, and it was, He was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Father, forgive them. And He was praying for those that were crucifying Him right there, but I really believe that that prayer extended to those of us believers. Forgive them. And then in verse 46, He prayed again uh, as He breathed His last, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And that was a prayer. So there are three prayers recorded as Jesus hung on the cross dying. And then after he rose from the grave, uh, there's another place that uh, we see a record of him praying. He was walking on the road to Emmaus with uh, two of Jesus' followers. And they hadn't recognized him. And finally, when they got in the house, and they, they finally, their eyes were open, and they sat down to eat. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 24, verse 30, that he blessed the bread, and, and they ate it. And so there are the prayers. And so I, I give you all of these just to show you that woven right into the very fabric of Jesus' life on this earth was his prayer life. 
Now today we're going to look just briefly at two of Jesus' recorded prayers. And uh, the first one is found in John chapter 17. It's sometimes referred to as the high priestly prayer. And um, this is a prayer that uh, it was, I guess it's the most extensively recorded prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and actually, uh, it is a, a prayer from his heart, the Lord's Prayer. Some would call it the Lord's Prayer. And it takes up the entire chapter of John chapter 17. Let me just go through it. This prayer could be divided into three sections. Uh, section one is Jesus' prayer for himself, and we'll, we'll come back and talk about that in a moment. Section two is Jesus' prayer for his apostles that were there listening at the moment. But then section three is Jesus' prayer for all of us Christ followers, all that would become followers of him. So let's go over these three sections for a moment. First, in verses 1 to 5, Jesus prays for himself. Uh, for, let me just read some of it. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is the eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Oh, wow. Those five verses are just packed full of truth as Jesus prayed there. But uh, first, Jesus prayed uh, for glory. Uh, and, and this is not a selfish prayer. You see, Jesus is God. And Jesus had glory with the Father before the world even was created. Jesus pre-existed Bethlehem. You should know that. He is the eternal God. John said in chapter 1 of his gospel, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then on down in, in verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. That is Jesus. He is the eternal one. And the glory is all of the glorious attributes of who God is. And Jesus, when he came to this earth, willingly limited and veiled that glory. Only one time did uh, Peter, James, and John get a brief glimpse of the glory of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured before them and, and they saw a bit of his glory there. But Jesus is now praying, my work is done here on earth uh, and, and uh, it was about to be accomplished in the cross and in the resurrection. So he said, give me the glory that I have. And then he said, he prayed about his authority, the authority that he has over all flesh and and Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings and he has authority over this world and one day he'll be the judge of this world now he is the savior for those who would come to him and then he says to all that you've given me father I give eternal life and this is eternal life that they may know you and they may know me in other words he was praying there about the eternal life giving uh, ability that he had for those of us that will come to Jesus. And so in his prayer for himself, he prayed about his glory, his authority, his, his, his eternal life giving. But in, then in the second section of his prayer, Jesus prayed for his apostles, those that were there immediately with him in verses 6 through 19. 
And in verses 6 through 8, Jesus acknowledged that, that God had called these apostles and through them and that they had responded to the Father. He, he, he uh, acknowledged that in his prayer. And then in verses 9 to 12, Jesus prayed for their security, the security of their salvation. In verse, in verse 13, Jesus prayed for their joy. And joy, by the way, is tied directly to our relationship with Jesus, not to circumstances. And then in verses 14 to 17, Jesus prayed for their sanctification, their ongoing growth in, in their relationship with Him, that they would be set apart from the world and set apart to righteousness. And then in verses 18 and 19, Jesus prayed for their mission. He said, even as you sent me, I send them and they are sent into the world. And I'm so glad that they went because we're here today uh, in relationship with Jesus because of the apostles mission. Then the last section of Jesus' prayer is is uh, a prayer for all of us Christ followers in verses 20 to 26. And I want to read that. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, the apostles alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. That's you and me. That they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and they also may be in us. And so here, Jesus, in this section, he's praying for us and he's praying that we would be in unity, that we would be in unity. And then he prays in verse 24 that we would be together with him forever in heaven and observe his glory. And then he prayed in verses 25 to 26 that God's love would be in us. What a powerful prayer. I encourage you to go to John 17 and read that entire chapter and see what God has for you there. But then, uh, after that, he went out, and he, and he had another prayer, and it's recorded. And it's Jesus' prayer in the garden, and that can be found in Matthew 26, verses 36 to 46, and in Luke chapter 22, verses 39 to 46. Both places records Jesus' prayer. The location of his prayer, the Bible says he went out to the Mount of Olives, specifically to the Garden of Gethsemane. That is an ancient Garden of olive trees, and it's there even to this very day. Think about that. And it was a place where Jesus often went to. And and who were the people there? Well, he took his disciples, his apostles, after the uh, meeting in the upper room and the Lord's Last Supper and all the words that he said and that high priestly prayer that we just studied in the upper room. Then he went out with his apostles uh, at, to the to the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible teaches us in those passages that Jesus had his disciples wait at a certain location, but then he took three of them. Peter, James, and John, a little closer, and then he went about a stone's throw from them, and he knelt down and he prayed. And the scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 26 that he went there three separate times. He would come back to Peter, James, and John and find them sleeping, and, and he would admonish them. Then he would go pray again and come back and go pray again. On three separate occasions he prayed. Here's what he prayed. Let this cup pass from me. And the cup was a reference to the cup of God's divine judgment against sin. You see, Jesus was about to take on the sins of all of those who would believe. He was about to take those sins on and pay for them in full. And he experienced God's divine judgment. And Jesus was in agony. And he prayed also, not my will but yours be done. Uh, did he want that cup? No, he didn't want to drink that cup. But he says, not my, and humanly speaking, he didn't want to drink that cup. But he said, not my will, but yours be done. Oh, how we need to learn to pray that way. The scripture says that he was in agony. The scriptures say that he was praying very fervently. What a model for us.
When's the last time that we have prayed fervently? Uh, and, and it says that he, his sweat became like great drops of blood. And that could be um, re, uh, referring to a, re, a, a, a disease, not a disease, um, a condition rather. I'm sorry. It could be referring to a condition. Let me see if I can pronounce it. It's called hematidrosis. Hematidrosis. And that's when the subcutaneous... Capillaries dilate and burst, and so the capillaries under the skin begin to dilate and burst from extreme pressure and stress. His sweat became great drops of blood as he prayed fervently in an agony there. Let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And ultimately, he submitted to the Father's will, and he took the judgment for us, but he did it first through prayer. I hope that we can understand as we look at the prayer life of Jesus that he sets a great example for us. And I hope that we can learn from the prayer life of Jesus. And I hope that as as this study continues in future podcasts and we begin to listen to the teachings of Jesus, we'll remember the example of Jesus in his prayer life. He was not just teaching theory. He was teaching what he practiced in his life. I'm looking forward to looking at some of those lessons on the next podcast. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.